Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Autism Stories. I'm your host, Doug Bletcher, the founder of Autism Personal Coach. Autistic people are the true experts of the autistic experience, and Autism Stories is where we interview autistic people to learn from their stories, experiences, and get their advice. If you would like to be notified about each week's episode of Autism Stories, we suggest you subscribe on your favorite podcast listening platform. We would also appreciate it if you, if you could give us a positive rating and review as it will help others to learn about Autism Stories. If you enjoy Autism Stories, I want to recommend another podcast that I think you will find interesting. It's called All Inclusive, hosted by Jay Ruderman. It's a podcast about activism, change, and courage. Each episode of All Inclusive brings in-depth and intimate conversations with inspiring individuals who are changing the world. People who have dealt with adversity and have come out on the other side ready to better themselves, their communities, and the world. Check out All Inclusive with Jay Ruderman on all podcast platforms. Now on to today's episode in which I talk with Christelle Gassant about her collection of poetry and the factors that led to her not getting an autism diagnosis until adulthood. We hope you enjoyed today's conversation. Christelle, thanks so much for joining me today. Hello, thank you for having me. I wanted to just start off our discussion and learn where does your story in the autistic community begin? Within the community specifically, I started last summer when I joined TikTok and I stumbled on the autistic community actually. And I hadn't realized how much I was lacking in community in this area. I had been dealing with my autism unknowingly for so long that it just, I was just, it's been normalized in my mind as something to handle and something to kind of live with in solitude, you know, in privacy. So finding people that were so open and so kind, so funny, so free with their emotions, their frustrations, uh, their everyday lives. It was freeing. It was really comforting. I felt more comfortable with myself. And then I started making TikToks of my own and interacting more with the people there. Just skyrocketed from there. And it's that community that actually helped me to find the psychologist that would eventually diagnose me with autism and ADHD which happened earlier this year. Now, you, like way too many people I've interviewed here on Autism Stories, weren't diagnosed as autistic until you, were, you became an adult. What do you think maybe were some of the factors specifically for you that took this process to happen much, much um, longer than it should have? There are several factors and several intersecting factors within my life that I feel directly contributed to this. Culturally, in my family, my children are seen and not heard and do not speak unless spoken to, that kind of mentality. And on top of that, I was a daughter and the eldest daughter, so there's a lot of responsibilities regarding that. So masking started pretty much 
right away at an early age just on the factor of tradition, culture, and the way children are viewed within that culture. And then another factor would be me as a woman, as a girl to a woman, where it's another level of performance and not asking to kind of maintain behave parents within family and then within um, different communities and in navigating in the world um, as I grew older and older, the workforce, all of that. And then I would say, lastly, me dealing with that and not knowing I was autistic. So at this point, I'm so good at masking that I don't recognize a lot of my own symptoms. I just feel like my own self and had to work harder and micromanage so many areas of my life. I got heavily into many different things such as wellness and health so because I recognize that I'm having so many anxiety attacks and panic attacks and I'm overwhelmed and I didn't realize it was due to autism meltdown. I learned to kind of tense when I stim and stim in private and react inwardly to things so it didn't occur to me right away. So I was so used to that that when I started researching and becoming more aware of my autism, I could finally release it. And I've been spending actually the past year, past year and a half, first getting used to it, then embracing it, and then expressing myself within it, and very firmly so, so that anyone who isn't used to being myself has no choice but to accept that. Because it's, I feel like a lot of times as autistic people, we exist in the holistic world, watching others be themselves comfortably, and we're not able to interact in the same way. There's a lot of ostracization. You know, I was, I said no more. <laughs> no more of that. And I'm working on becoming more and more of myself because the person I was as myself before then was so contained and it was so presentable. And there was such an order to it and there was such a plan. And I threw that out of the window because it's not anything to fix. I'm not anything to fix. Um, I'm to be celebrated and it's just different. Now, you were just talking about becoming yourself and, you know, kind of along those lines, um, you wrote a wonderful collection of poetries and stories in a book called Les Vignettes. Hopefully I didn't mispronounce that. Good. <laughs> Pretty good. Okay. I'll take that. Each one of the writings in the in in your book is inspired by everyday words what was it about everyday words that inspired you as a starting point for your for your poetries and stories in this collection i love words i've loved words since i was young i used to write stories and create entire worlds instantly it's effortless it's a comfort to me and it's probably a special interest <laughs> now that I realize and I think about it. My favorite part of reading, of entering stories, is actually how different words could be put together and mixed around and arranged to evoke emotions, to evoke feelings, and 
I was so fascinated with human interaction and emotion, of course, from having to mask and study that. I really enjoyed how words on a page could make me feel and how I could use those to express myself better and to have others understand what I wanted to express, um, especially in whatever amazing world the story is in. Because the best part about books is that you know what everyone's thinking. You know their motives, you know why they're acting the way they act, you know where it's going to go. And it's so straightforward, but it's straightforward in a way that anything can happen. So the unpredictability of a story, of um, plot twists, and whatever genre you're in, no matter what happens, it's always contained within like words and the knowledge that you can follow along. If you don't understand, then you will. And that's always been so soothing to me. So as a writer, I wanted to do that. And um, to write this book, I I called it my five days. I would wake up at 5 a.m. and write, choose five words at random and write for five minutes specifically for each word, five, five, five. And I just did that for like a month, two months. And it was a routine I really enjoyed. Again, unknowingly like autistic and finding comfort within that but I was able to express myself for myself by myself in a way that I love to do and that culminated in this collection of poetry and prose is living in so so I'm interested because for me you know there's many times where I have difficulty kind of accessing my emotions so I'm wondering for you in any way does like those like individual words help you to access your emotions yes (laughs) yes it's oh it's such a relief actually because a lot of times in the moment interacting with one I need time to process how I feel or I can say one thing and I could say it quote-unquote correctly but it maybe not what I feel at all and sitting down and just writing words and being able to just be patient with myself and give myself the space to properly just suss out where I am and what I want to say and how I want to feel and just allowing myself space within other spaces it is it is a relief like I said it's a relief because it can be nerve-wracking but I've gotten really good at social interactions but a lot of times I would leave it and be like why did I open my mouth what just happened what does any of it mean (laughs) so it's a great way to process and I can be as creative as I want and whatever I say makes sense to me no matter what so yeah social interactions are always confusing (laughs) now uh, throughout your collection many of your poems had you know in some way to do with water or the oceans so what do you see is the maybe the importance or connection with water in your life? Water has been everywhere in my life, and I hadn't realized how important it was until you said that, actually. I, um, my family's Caribbean, so islands surrounded by water. We're from many different islands. I live in Florida on the East Coast, near, very close to the beach. I go there often. When I was younger, I drowned a few times, so I developed a fear of the water. So a lot of me being around water has 
it's me drawn to it, but not able to interact with it in the way that I wanted to. This past few months, I forced myself to take swimming lessons so I can get comfortable again. And because it was more of a fear instead of a lack of skill. So I'm like, let me get myself back in the water because I really do enjoy it. And body has a lot of water in it. We drink water. Just, I'm just thinking, like, in my life, so many things tied down to water. I used to love Atlantis and Triangle and the seas. And I just, at the end of the day, it's, it's so tied to me. And I'm, I'm even planning on having kind of like a multiverse series based around water and having porters come with water. So it's nothing I... I can't explain fully, it's just, I would say autistically, specifically, because of how I was raised and how I grew up and moved to the world, I couldn't really um, engage and interact with my special interests in the way that a lot of others could. I had to take care of a lot of things, you know, as a daughter and as a black woman and as a woman and as this and that and this and that. And I never found the time or was allowed, like, the acceptance and the comfort to really get into something, to, like, expressively stem, to just, I don't know, dive deep and wrap myself around the things that I loved and just roll around in them for as long as I wanted to and just be happy with that. I had responsibilities. So a lot of the things I was so heavily interested in had to take a back seat. So I would always notice them, be excited when I see them, and they'd never left my mind, but I couldn't really engage. And now, much older, like as an adult, I'm starting to do that, and I'm starting to get back into those special interests and things that bring me joy as in ways that I never could before. And it's been so joyful and amazing. And I hope soon in the future, I'll figure out why I'm so drawn to water. You know, why I like to listen to the ocean when I sleep. Just, It's just such a romantic, wonderful interest and love that I can't explain. But is there, even within the fear. Like, to the point where I'm like, ah, I'll just have to fight the fear back. Sit down, like, I get it, you're scared. Just be scared over here and let me do this so that I can just be happy and join it. Yeah, long-winded answer to say. <laughs> <laughs> I do like water, yes. <laughs> water is wonderful. Now, we were, we were talking earlier about how your, your book, your collection of poems was inspired by everyday words. And one of those poems was inspired by the word numb, in which you wrote something that I can be very much, something that I very much personally can relate to, which is that a veil has been draped over my emotions. He said that in your poem. Do you connect this in any way with alexithymia, which can cause differences in understanding and processing emotions? At first, and when I wrote this, and until recently, I hadn't. I associated with, you know, more with depression and overwhelm and exhaustion and kind of burnout. But I didn't know what alexithymia was. And then when I did know and I researched a little bit, I, my first reaction was, no, I'm pretty sympathetic. I'm extremely empathetic. Like, I've learned to interact and engage so well. Then I paused and I said, what about those moments where you're not sure of how to react and you know there's an appropriate, but it's just not there? 
and you're too tired to kind of fix a feeling or find something within you to relate to that. And then at the moment, it's like, I need to be a person and I just can't, I don't have the energy and the will to find it in the moment. And I can't be bothered, but I have to bother. And it's all so much and all too much. And those moments where I think like, I don't recognize what I need to do, where I need to be. And it's frustrating because it's required. It's necessary for where I am and what I'm doing. So I think in those terms, for those moments, yes. But I'm still exploring my relationship with Alexithemia because I'm so like emotive. I'm so good at um, meeting people where they are and assessing their body language and tone and all of that to make split-second decisions on how I should act versus how I do feel, you know? So still juggling, like, is this alexithymia or is this genuine emotion i'm not sure but i think i think it's both you know hmm. it could be a bit of both that is my answer both. <laughs> I that's a great one at that so for me i think freedom well at least for myself but probably for most of us physical beings is such an important part of our life you know, you wrote a uh, poem, and at least my interpretation of it, and I could be way off. I could have been reading it to things that, that weren't there. But I, you wrote a poem that I thought was relating to this, and it was inspired by the word drift, in which you wrote, I want to feel weightless, but I'm afraid of drowning where I know I can't swim. How are you today, or maybe in your life in general, feeling weightless, but at the same time feel like you're drowning? Well, first, I'd like to say that the interpretation is 100% up to you. That's the best part, how <laughs> you feel and how you read it. And however it makes sense to you, just take it in. <laughs> the weightless feeling has to do with wanting to express myself and exist as myself. The world within society, family, community, and not knowing how to do it because it just seems like there's never a right way for me to interact. I miss a lot of social cues. I don't understand a lot of social things and I just want to be. <laughs> I just want to, there's a chance like it's happened before that it'll explode in my face. I might say something wrong or I might say something too early or too fast or too late or too loud or not enough and I'm constantly preoccupied with the correct way of being for so long, for most of my life up until now. So I'm 29 right now. So I would say for about six, seven, eight months before that. So yeah, 28 years and several months of me trying to be in control and um, exist in a certain way. And then the past few months has been me letting little by little setting boundaries so that once those boundaries are set, I can be myself and I won't have to change to suit another person's moods or feelings. It's like, it's reciprocal. You can do the same as well. You can be considerate of each other. I feel like, I don't know if this is true, I should make a generalization, but a lot of um, the autistic community, very considerate, we're very aware of actions of the whys and the hows and how to interact with others, 
collaborate, even if we don't always know how, it's just a certain awareness to be considerate of what's around, because you kind of have to. So I was like, if I can do it, then whoever I'm with can also do it for me. And that is the next step to being the person I want to be. So instead of behaving as I feel I should behave um, to exist within a community, I can just behave as myself and the people who are like-minded and vibe with that can are attracted to that. And they can just come join me and just a party, just a fun time. And I was, I was a teacher. I was a teacher for three and a half years in South Korea for middle school. And I can interact so well, so seamlessly with students, like the children, because they're fully themselves. And they're like, oh, this is you. Okay, cool. You're my teacher, but you're you. And I'm like, you're my student, but you're you. Let's find a balance and be ourselves and learn. And with people my age and with adults, like parents, grandparents, people you see out in society, they're not always themselves. Everyone is playing some sort of role. It's hard to judge where that is and how to behave. But I know it's possible because I can do it. My students can do it. And it's there. It's there. It's just a feeling of comfort, consideration, and allowance. So I feel like, oh, what was the question? I am so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> to find my way back. Told myself not to do this. <laughs> it happens. It's happen- it happens. In just in general, finding the feeling of weightlessness. By at the same time not drowning. Yes. So I, the past few months since joining, like, being aware and joining the autism community, coming more into myself, being officially diagnosed, I'm feeling more and more weightless. And then, yeah, it's very much like a water analogy again, the ocean, and I'm less afraid of drowning. Like I said, if you think too much, I'm reading from the poem, if you think too much and tends too soon, that delicate of your body within the water tips over. Suddenly you are straining to keep yourself afloat. The world unknown below seems endless, but you do know that it is deadly and fear, frantic, hopeless takes over. So it starts positive and it ends like that because I, that's where I was, where I desired to float, but I couldn't. And I can happily say that past me was tensing and trying to find the right balance and afraid of drowning and the me of the present and of the future going forward is enjoying being in the ocean and enjoying the breeze and movement of the waves just the release of being weightless knowing that there's an entire ocean a deep world right below me and even so I can navigate in it I can float and Okay. So that's where I am. I'm okay. I would say before, very scared. Now, scared and unknown and confused. But now that I do know, I'm less scared. And I can be weightless. So knowing and learning about my autism has made me connecting with others who feel the same. So yeah, that's where I am. All good things. Now, maybe my favorite poem in your book was inspired by the word loose in which you wrote the exhale of relief that comes after swells of intensity have been met is always something to be grateful for. Whether or not it went well, you've done it and you've done well for doing it. So 
how important are maybe reminders to be grateful about your life or just being kind or to yourself for you? So important that I tell everyone, I don't care how you feel, give yourself a moment of celebration. Allow yourself time to breathe because personally I'm too familiar with overwhelm, with anxiety, with that, and with being so much of someone that I don't even have space for myself. And I could do something perfectly and I could do something terribly. And either way, I would be hypercritical of how I did it, the way which I, the ways in which I did it, and how the people around me were affected by it. And that is draining. That is too much. And I don't want to live in a cycle of go, 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 nothing, like burn, burn up, fire. Okay, fire dies out. Go, 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 go. Explosion. Implosion. Deflation. Whatever is happening, I kind of want to... Go at my pace, recognize where I'm at, and then move forward. If I need to rest, I need to rest. If I can keep going, I can keep going. If I just need to stop completely and then return to it later on, that's what I'll do. And allowing myself grace ties back into allowing myself to be more of myself. And being more of myself is recognizing how autism affects my life and plays in that. And how I can work with it and um, enjoy it as a part of me instead of working against it and seeing it as something that hinders me. Because I've always loved myself. I've always been comfortable alone in my mind with myself or with my closest friends who are with me as I am and as they are. So in those moments, I'm totally fine. So I want to see if I can bring that mindset and that feeling into the rest of life mindfulness like being grateful and being aware of things is a big help so positive i call myself an optimistic realist and i like to do like radical kindness like very ease very chill very peaceful (laughs) i've been called very relaxing and peaceful by many people i always thought i was like energetic you're so peaceful you just de-escalated that and i'm like Oh, good, because I wanted to de-escalate because I was not going to deal with that. Oh, too much, too much. So yeah, yes, yes. Just, you've done well for doing it. Allow your heart to ease back into its normal. Let your weary bones loosen to the steady beat. Like, you always have you to turn back to. Definitely. Now, beyond Les Vignettes, you've also written another book called uh, Salt and Savor. For those that may be unfamiliar uh, with this book, what is Salt and Savor about? Uh, first of all, Salt and Savor is absolutely nothing like living yet. <laughs> if you are under 18, do not read it. <laughs> do not read it at all. Keep it out of your mind. I will write other things that are more um, all age appropriate, but this specifically has become a passion project wherein one of the, I love reading, I've always loved reading physical books paperbacks, hardcovers, ebooks, audiobooks, online stories, fan fiction especially, which is great because if I get invested in a show, the show doesn't have to end and I can just keep reading great fiction over and over and over. And there's so many talented writers out there that allow me to do that. So I wanted to do something of the same specifically with self-insert romances, which is something new for me. I actually don't write in this style. 
So I'm learning as I go. But there's a huge lack of representation for Black women in this genre, and especially of romance. And I wanted to start something there and create that environment and have these books be able to have access. So Salt and Saber would be the first of that series, wherein there's a book and the woman, the Black woman, whoever she is, can write her name and become the main character. So throughout the book, she is the main character, and it's like a role play, like um, stepping into someone else's shoes and being in that person's, that moment of time that the story is in. And I love that because my characters are neurodivergent. They are of many different backgrounds. They are many different sexualities and professions. And I want to normalize like people existing as they are and that to be celebrated and even more than celebrated, accepted. You know, you don't always have to enjoy something, but you, I do feel like there's a respect that should be given, like an acceptance to someone's life. Whether or not I like you as a person, like I respect your life and I acknowledge that and bring that back to, you know, consideration. Like, so yeah, Salt and Sabers tie in with that self-insert, the self-insert romance, me as a Black woman, and then my love of just romance in general and my fascination with human behavior. So each different book in that series, this is the first, would be a different story, a different couple, like different behaviors, different neurodivergences, and a lot of fun. So I'm very, I look forward to seeing how that's going to develop over time. So Salt and Saber is the first of that. Did I say anything about it? <laughs> it's about, uh, Autistically coded, it's not explicitly stated yet, because um, it's the first part of a larger novel that I adapted to be in this format. So the character is autistic, but autistically coded in this novella. So it's a lot of like, she's a therapist, um, so there's a lot of thinking, there's a lot of processing and interacting with others. And then it ends, you know, happy ending, that type of thing. It's one, two, three, not too difficult, very fun, and a quick read before bed and just fun with words so that is that is what salt and saber is now one of my special interests are tv shows so i'm wondering you know you were talking about that briefly whether it's maybe tv shows or books have there been some ones that you really connected with that kind of inspired you for you to write salt and saber no tv shows i would say i love tv shows too Maybe as much as I love books, maybe I haven't decided yet, maybe not as much, but <laughs> since, like, if I wasn't reading, I was watching, and there's so many, like, genres, so many influences, I'd watch TV from all over the world, but especially, like, different genres here, cartoons and anime to, like, superhero TV shows to mysteries, to whatever it may be, like, I liked what I liked, I can't even say for, I don't have a favorite, I just know what I like and when I see what I like I love it like it, it's the best feeling and it's so nice I would say Salt and Saber is less it's not really inspired by TV it's more inspired by like the Harlequin romances I used to sneak from my mom's collection when I was in middle school because I'm like I don't understand but I want to know what love is I'll read about it and I'm like what is going on here wow <laughs> whole new world like so that's where that comes from but uh, tv shows amazing 
So no relation, but I'm glad you said that because yes, they're fantastic. Do you have a favorite TV show? Well, kind of like you, it's interesting because I have so like there's so many different genres that I watch, and it, to me, it's always about the story. So, like I'll like I've I've loved shows from all different genres, from things like Insecure to Outlander to uh, let's see, what am I watching right now? Atlanta's finishing up. Um, there's just there's just so many Game of Game of Thrones. Um, um, I'm watching Heart Heartstopper right now that I'm enjoying. There's just so many different shows, and I'm always when I can be connected to the story. That's the that's the thing that always gets me, like autism stories. So I have a passion. I've always had a passion and a love of stories. I fully like connect with that. I feel you. Uh, it's amazing. It's just I I don't know how to describe the feeling, but uh. It just, it makes, it makes me smile. Does it make you smile? You just, like, just naturally, without thinking, without anything. It's, it's great. It's such a good feeling. It's, just getting into your favorite show and finding a show. Oh my gosh, the feeling when you're watching something and you realize, this is amazing. Oh, I'm so happy. <laughs> oh, I can't wait to, like, watch more. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. Now, um, you know, we were we were talking about your book. So beyond this conversation, how can people learn more about your books and uh, and make, purchase them? Oh, at the moment, I do not have a website. I am putting that together. So I usually direct people to my TikTok. Surprisingly enough, because I do TikToks about it, they're mostly about um, autism and ADHD and how also how I deal with it as a writer. But there's a link to my books, but they're available on Amazon. And ebook versions are available on most platforms. For Levin Yet, ebook, it's only available in ebook, and you can just search that up and you'll find it wherever you like to find ebooks. Um, for Salt and Saver, it's available in ebook paperback. Recommend paperback because for those black women who are reading it, they can actually write their names within it, and that is a part of the experience. Uh, that's what makes it interactive. You could buy it for a friend and send it over or whatever, but you can go through my TikTok, which is Plomcake, P-L-O-M-C-A-K-E. Um, you can also go to my writing Instagram, which I feel like would be the expected choice, like go towards my Instagram page dedicated to writing. But I am more active on TikTok, I would say. But I do, I am on Instagram. So that would be at wild underscore ambrosia. So wild, W-I-L-D underscore A-M-B-R-O-S-A. So that has writing content. Yeah. And my personal stuff is just at Plumcake on Instagram as well. But I would say find me on TikTok. Find me on Instagram. I love to interact with people oh freaks me out though anxiety it's like i'm a very friendly socially anxious person so it's like i i want to talk to you so just let me compose myself and we can engage and just as long as i'm prepared i love a conversation very up for it and i love interacting with others that is where you can find links direct links to purchase salt and savor and loving yet well, Christelle, I, I loved interacting with you today. Thanks for spending your time and energy and having a conversation. Thanks for having me. You were so fun to talk to. I spent most of the time talking. 
I'm sorry. I feel like I should have asked you more questions. <laughs> it's your story. It's your story. I want people to hear your story. But but sometime in the future, we'll have to talk about TV shows because I'm going to think about all of my favorite TV shows that I didn't mention when you asked me my favorites. <laughs> and why did I mention them? Taking time to write. When yeah. you just write down, you're like, oh, wait, this is everything I could say in the moment. Yeah. I am excited for Stranger Things to come back and for all mankind. Oh, so if you yes. haven't seen either of those shows, I definitely recommend those. I will check out For All Mankind, but I am on the Stranger Things train. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Th thanks so much. Thank you. Thanks so much to Christelle for the conversation. To learn more about her and her poetry, check out the link in the podcast description for this episode. Through Autism Personal Coach, we provide autistic adults and teens with extraordinary support to live self-sufficient and purpose-driven lives through our customized coaching. If this is something that you're interested in, then please uh, visit Autism Personal Coach com for more information. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Autism Stories, and if you did, if you could tell a friend, foe, or anyone you know about it so they could have the same enjoyable experience as you when listening to Autism Stories, it would be very much appreciated. Until next time, I'm Doug Bletcher of Autism Personal Coach. Talk to you then.